Hey, hey, everybody. Jay Nolan here. And today we're talking about the uncommon civil rights activists. You know, there's a lot of folks that do things and you never really get to hear their names. And, 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 and so I thought, being that I've been going through what I've been going through, myself, my family, some of my partners, and with the um, enormous Supreme Court case um, on the April the 22nd, where the Supreme Court went nine to zero against the FTC for what they found to be abuse. Um, we got we got to bring it to light. So I wanted to have you hear from some folks that have been directly involved from a civil rights standpoint and, and get their viewpoint. So you've heard from me last week. I came on, my, my attorney came on. We got an opportunity to talk to the great Ken Walls. We got an opportunity to talk to Kevin Thompson, one of the direct sales um, attorneys, one of the most known in the industry. So we got an opportunity for, for you to hear from different uh, those different perspectives. And me personally, and then I did a personal call where I said, look, this is let the truth come out and let me tell my side of the story. But then if you hear people that have been directly affected, I think that it's important that you hear their side of the story. So now we got a lot of folks that are coming on the stream. Want to welcome everybody. Again, we're just getting lined up here. And then, yep, got a lot of folks on the, a lot of folks on the stream. And um, this is, this is amazing, you know, to be able to hear from heroes. So what happened? Let's kind of give a little backdrop. So uh, the Supreme Court, nine to zero. Supreme Court, nine to zero, which is rare that you have all nine justices that vote against an issue. Usually, you know, you got some difference of opinions, but this seemed to be so obvious, so over the top. And especially if you listen to the January the 13th, 2021 hearing in the AMG capital management case in which these folks here. So every one of these folks that I've got here, they're amongst the hundreds they're some of the, the leaders of the hundreds of people that went and attached themselves uh, to the AMG case. So this is the front cover of an amicus brief they filed. It was several pages, but they hired their own attorney. Um, actually, an attorney worked uh, pro bono, and uh, but they retained their own attorney. And the attorney went and filed on behalf of hundreds of people, just like these folks here, in that case. So we would love to be able to hear your comments um, and as this gets rolling out, but I think you're going to be shocked by what you hear and what some folks have had to go through in order to protect freedoms. I believe these are some of your uncommon heroes, people you wouldn't expect. So let's just kind of get to it. Let's start out with, uh, we've got Jody Bear out of Florida. Jody, uh, you were involved the the Federal Trade Commission sued uh, Success by Health, Success by Media, my companies, myself, my wife, and a, a couple of other of our partners, Scott Harris, Tommy Saka, on January 13, 2020. Uh, they had a uh, ex parte private hearing where they went into a judge and were able to get an injunction and an asset freeze against us, which now we find out was illegal from the Supreme Court but it had a direct effect on you and your life and your business because you happen to be one of the affiliates with our company. So, Jody, let's talk about what you feel, and let's just get this started where people can hear from some of the uncommon civil rights activists. Over to you, Jody. 
Well, I'm a 67-year young health coach and holistic nutritionist. I came with this business because I'm even too old to work on a blue vest at Wally World. I had to go ahead and I wanted to create something of wealth for my husband and I that would live, outlive, and way live in a lifestyle that we wanted to have beyond our social insecurity. When this FTC shut us down, my paycheck and my company that I had created and worked hard to sell coffee and to train others to sell coffee and supplements went from here to zero in the middle of COVID. It went from here to zero where I couldn't even get full body nutrition during the COVID era. It was an atrocity. And what I saw is they walked in, the FTC, this government agency walked in with unclean hands. And I believe way back, they had their eye on Mr. J. Nolan. Why? Because of the color of his skin. And this is what I know. Our man here, the CEO and founder of this company, had written a blog in 2014, way before SBH had started, way before our company. It was called The Color of Money. He taught us that money is in other people's pockets, and it doesn't matter whether it's Asian money, it doesn't matter whether it's Latino money, black, white, pink, we don't care. I have product, you have money, you make the transfer. My immigrant mother always told me, Jody, you bleed red and people spend and make green. Guess what? The FTC didn't see it like that because they're a glorified collection agency. This government agency decided to go in just like this training. Then let's fast forward to 2018. I am at a training in Maui, Hawaii. And Mr. J. Nolan came out. He goes, what will make a difference with this company? I was afraid to say this. I went to my husband and I said, it's got to be the quality of the products. Or do you think he's talking about the color of his skin? And I said, oh, I can't say that. Well, guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, people on planet Earth, the cat's out of the bag now. We're talking about it. We're doing it because getting back to the FTC, being a glorified collection agency, they want money. We had a smallish company with a great track record and cash assets, but there wasn't enough money. They blew through that money once they illegally froze business and personal assets to the degree that college-aged children of one of the officers couldn't even go ahead and they couldn't continue in college because there was a joint checking account. It broke my heart to know that there was a five-year-old young man in training, a little boy that took his stuffed animals and put them in the box because those guys could take my stuffed animals. That's what's going on here because they discriminate against people that want to work hard, make money. The only thing that Jay Nolan, and I'm here on record, is guilty of is making people feel like they can do anything, feel like they can be invincible, and they can break through walls because he empowers people. Now, if that is wrong, then I'm not in the United States of America. If that is wrong, we've got a problem. If that is wrong, then I'm living in not the land of the free, the home of the brave. I wrote uh, a declaration of to the court on discrimination. And what I said in this 
that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal with their inalienable rights. Well, that means that the inalienable rights is due process. Inalienable rights are you're guilty until proven innocent. No, 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 no. You're innocent until proven guilty. But they illegally, this government agency, took a law that's now been refuted and 9-0 by the Supreme Court, it's over. They have been illegally using this for decades to the degree, check out audience, the Buffalo Law Review, there have been countless business owners, not just us, there are countless business owners in this brief that have taken their lives. They committed suicide because somebody eviscerated their hopes, eviscerated their dreams. And we came to the aid of this fine man of integrity, this fine man that built his company on the color of money. Money comes from other people's pockets, not because you're old or young, you're black, white, Asian, Latino. It didn't matter. And we came to his aid because it's here, right here, right now, that we need to believe that all men are created equal, all men are free, and all men deserve these inalienable rights. Thank you so much, Jody. We appreciate you opening up, kind of really setting a, a, a serious foundation here. I'd like to go over to an ex-senior vice president of Pepsi-Cola, PepsiCo, Mr. Robert Mailer. Um, you've been one of these frontline, uh, uncommon civil rights activists. I don't know if you ever would have found, thought that you would find yourself here. Maybe give a little background about what you've experienced and then your take, Robert. Over to you, Robert Mailer. Sure thing, absolutely. Well, you know, being being 59 years old, I, I guess now I've seen it all, but until, you know, just, you know, a year and a half ago, I, I hadn't seen anything close to what I realized goes on around here. You know, I, I grew up back in the Northeast. I've lived all across the country. I've experienced a lot of things. Went to Bucknell University for undergrad, uh, then uh, went to work in the wine industry. So I was with Gallo Wine, a Fortune 500 company, then was recruited by Pepsi-Cola, which is a Fortune 50 company, became a senior vice president, running one of the five arms of distribution in all of North America. I uh, went to the Wharton School of Business, so I've got an MBA from there. Uh, so I, I've got a, a pretty strong business background. I've owned four traditional businesses outside of direct sales, traditional businesses, after my corporate experience. And I, and I actually considered being an attorney. I actually considered being an attorney when I was in high school. Uh, and I didn't become one for certain personal reasons, basically because I didn't believe that I could ever represent somebody that was guilty. And that's the law that you need to. So I said, the heck with the law, but I still am law abiding and believe in the law. Well, what I have experienced, I mean, having left the corporate world and, and become an entrepreneur was a great paradigm shift where everything I thought before had to change in order to have success because I was no longer following the bouncing ball. I was no longer trying to climb the ladder. That was just, I was creating, creating for the first time. I was actually creating and creating good. I met Mr. Nolan t over 25 years ago, okay? And we created a lot of good together for a few years. And we both saw some misgivings and misactions and missteps of a company that we were part of then, and we both left. So that says the kind of ethics and integrity that Mr. Nolan has and I had. We both walked away. And we reunited about uh, five or six years ago and I got started in this company. Basically, I was the 26th person in Success by Health. 
and then even left the field as an affiliate and became an executive. So I was working right next to Mr. Nolan, Mr. Saka, Mr. Harris, the defendants in this case. So I had firsthand knowledge inside. And, you know, I saw so much horrific activity at Pepsi-Cola. That's one of the reasons I left corporate America. You know, people were being remunerated. They were being incentivized for doing bad, uh, for hurting others, just for hitting a bottom line, burning the furniture every four weeks, sometimes having to take out bodies, get rid of people just for money. And, uh, and, and it's ever since I've been in my own business, I'm like, man, this is so backwards. I mean, we were, we were discreating then. I mean, yeah, we were hitting numbers and quote, you know, quote unquote shareholder value, but we weren't helping anybody. So what's amazing is now that I've been in my own businesses and especially now back in direct sales, I've experienced nothing but helping people focused on growing with a product that is necessary, that's needed, that's used up, repurchased. People, I mean, I just today I had somebody contact me saying, you know, that he got a call from somebody saying, my wife is totally addicted to your coffee. Addicted, of course, you know, I guess caffeine can do that. But I mean, to our coffee, not just coffee. She loves our coffee, and where can I get some more? You know, so, I mean, our products are helping people, you know, because they're healthy, good for you. We've helped so many people. So here we are helping all these people, and for a year, and a, almost a year and a half ago now, on January 13th, 2020, I'm getting ready to watch the national championship football game <clears throat> for college football, and I find out that the FTC has now put a temporary restraining order against us, and I was literally aghast. I mean, it was impossible for me. I, and, and my girlfriend, she just reminded me the other day that I said, hey, no big deal. Three weeks from this, we'll be done with this. Three weeks from now, the truth will come out. We'll be out on the other side with this. That's what I said last January. I didn't realize the, the, the wheels of injustice that we got caught in. There was no due process. Okay, We asked. We, we found out. Okay, And I was part of corporate. We found out that the FTC had sub, subpoenaed um, bank records. And Mr. Nolan and our attorney, with their hands up, said, hey, hey, over here, you guys need something? We're happy to cooperate. Letterhead letters, emails, phone calls. And they said, nope, nope, this is just, uh, just typical activity. This is just you know, the way we operate. No big deal. Everything's fine. Well, that's what they said in April. And then they took eight months to create this case. And this is just Robert Mailer speaking, but as I've already told you my background. I kind of know what I'm talking about. What they have done is they've decided what the mosaic is going to be. They've decided what that picture is going to look like. And they've just cut out whatever little pieces they need to build that picture. And it has not been due to reality. And, you know, I was wrong that it was going to take that long. But I'll tell you what, now the Supreme Court has said that they're wrong what they did. Basically, everything they have done since last January has now been called illegal and we will come out on the other side, but look at what it's done. Look at the unfair behavior. As Jody mentioned, the Buffalo Law Review, look at the people who've taken their lives over the last 20, 30 years because of this. I mean, that's a dire situation. I mean, how is that possible in this country, the United States of America, where you're innocent until proven guilty? So it has now been proven by the Supreme Court that what the FTC has been doing for decades is illegal okay they've been operating outside the law and what's even more disturbing as i sit here today on may 5th 2021 is the ftc has every intention 
of lobbying Congress to change the law so that they can do what they just did to us and they've done to all those other people over the last few decades. So they, I mean, they are living, I, I kiddingly say, they're living on planet FTC. I mean, they're in their own little private Idaho here. People need to understand. I mean, here we are, we may be lamenting about our situation in our case, but people need to realize this goes far past any of us. And that is why somebody like myself, and you know, talk about uncommon civil rights activists, I never would have in a gazillion years thought that I'd be in this situation. But I'm so behind this because what has happened is so wrong. And everything that this country affords us, that's not how the FTC has been operating. And the scary part is they still want to continue it. They would continue it tomorrow. They actually spoke to our attorneys. They were ordered to have a meeting with our attorneys after the Supreme Court decision, and they actually said they didn't believe the Supreme Court decision made any difference in how they're operating. Uh, that is the highest court in the land that they're shunning. So people need to be aware of this. I appreciate each and every one of you for taking time to listen to this. We appreciate you for your support. Because I'll tell you, I mean, uh, Mr. Noel may not want to say it, but this is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we, we had, he had, he and the other defendants had their assets frozen. The company had its assets frozen. It was almost like we were tied up, legs slit, thrown into the deep water with sharks, and we were supposed to somehow defend ourselves. And that's how the FTC operates. That is their playbook. That's how they win case after case after case. Why are they going after a company that did $7.5 million in two and a half years? I mean, well, what did we do? Not to mention, we've now proven that we didn't do anything. We're spotless. I mean, as a matter of fact, our numbers when it comes to the direct sales industry are, are almost unbelievable. They're so strong from the standpoint of how we have operated. That's why I'm part and so proud to be part of this company. But people need to understand that what is going on right now is completely heinous and out of control, and they don't want it to end. So nobody is safe until we put this to bed for good. When we are done with this, this is myself speaking, but when we are done and we come out to the other side of this, our job is not done. Our job is to make sure the FTC can never change that law, can never go back to operating illegally as they have. Due process is a right of every citizen in the United States of America. And I just right. appreciate each and every one of you taking the time. You know, real quick, before I go on to some of the other guests here, you guys, you know, you started out with hundreds of people that went in on the uh, amicus brief, as I just showed, with the Supreme Court case. That means you joined yourself to that. Then you guys went out and hired. So we got our attorneys from corporate. And then the, we weren't allowed to even pick the attorneys for our own company, which I believe is unconstitutional big time. Um, but individually we have our attorneys, but for some reason you guys decided right. to go get your own attorney and then to go, uh, I'll do a motion to intervene with a motion to sue the FTC. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And here's the, here's what's interesting about this <clears throat> last summer. I mean, first of all, the FTC is the federal trade commission and, and they're, they're, their whole reason for being is to protect the consumer. And they've destroyed the income for over 7,000 affiliates of SBH. Jody was our number one money earner. I mean, she was on her way to financial freedom without a doubt. I mean, she was there. And, and where we would be a year and a half later now, is you know, all of our businesses were flourishing. So last summer, 
because we said we are not being you know, helped by the FTC, we're being hurt. We actually asked your attorneys to adjoin us to that, that case, saying if you're suing these companies, you need to sue us too, because we're being hurt too. We're, we're not on you. You're not protecting us, FTC. And the well, judge I, said, I, no, I, you guys I can't be part of that. I want so everybody to understand we, what, what you just said there. You just said that you guys requested to be sued. <laughs> yes. We I wanted know. to be added to your lawsuit. We're like, we, we, we said, hey, here's the, here's the bullseye right here. Go ahead. Because once again, that's why I told my girlfriend January 13th, you know, uh, a year and a half ago, this will only take a few weeks because I knew our record. I knew that when the truth came out, we'd be fine. So that's why we were like, hey, put us in, you know, sue us too. And the judge said, no, can't do that. So now that this has been happening, we now have, we've hired our own set of attorneys. Okay, so the affiliates, and we are now 888 strong. Okay, now understand this. We have 7,000 affiliates, but in the year 2019, only about 3,300 were truly active. So do the math. 888, call it 900, of 3,300 are upset enough, have been hurt enough, and feel there are damages against them that we are working to sue the FTC, and we are adjoining to everything that your attorneys are doing. So, I mean, that's proof in the pudding right there. We have been hurt. We have been damaged. And as I said earlier, everybody needs to realize it's not going to stop with us if we don't stop this once and for all. Others will be hurt as well. We're not the first, and if we don't go to work and really focus on this thing, we won't be the last. Wow, that's amazing. Let me go over to, we've got a couple down in uh, Texas. Looks like we've got Rhonda and Buddy Wright. Uh, Rhonda and Buddy Wright, you know, what? you know, you guys decided to join in, get your own attorneys, and, and, and go become uncommon civil rights activists. Uh, what do you have to say about everything that's been going on? Well, we are Buddy and Rhonda Wright. You know, we're the parents to three beautiful children. And we're originally from Kentucky, and we decided to become entrepreneurs a little over three years ago after taking the first sip of coffee um, that was created by you, Mr. Nolan. I knew then it was a a fantastic product, and uh, we decided to become entrepreneurs together for the first time um, with coffee. And, you know, to teach our children uh, to also, you know, become entrepreneurs someday. But uh, we're, we're formerly from the educational system, and um, in, a, in a period of months, we decided to leave the education system and just focus on our business full-time. And then we later moved to Texas. We've been here about two years now. And, you know, our business was growing. Um, and then last January, as has been stated, uh, the FTC, you know, we had, you know, all our lives, you know, trust government organizations. You know, we were taught to trust the government and organizations. But last January when they came in and, and took our business from us, um, you know, it came to a screeching halt. And for us, you know, that was, um, that is how we made money. So for, for us, everything just to come to a screeching halt, it was, uh, it was a scary situation for us and our family of five. And at that point, we were wondering why this government agency uh, would come in and just shut our business down. You know, what, what happened to due process? 
um, because there was none. And, um, you know, there, we, we just, we just didn't quite understand what was going on. I think for us, you know, reading the allegations <laughs> that had come across their reasoning for shutting our company down was just ludicrous. We, mm -hmm. I mean, every allegation we read, we're like, that's not true. That's not true. That's absolutely not true. Um, and so to know that our, like it claims on the website that it's supposed to be protecting us as consumers because we are the consumers. We are consuming the products from this company. We are the consumers and they are supposed to be protecting us, yet they believe lies from other people. And because of that, overnight, our income, our sole source of income was stripped away. We had to find a different way to feed our three children overnight without any warning, without any kind of, you know, and then as we learned more about how our CEO and, and, and founder had been willing to cooperate with this agency that made these false allegations the year before in every possible way, as officially as you can with your attorney reaching out multiple ways to say, okay, my hands are up. What do you need from me? I'm fully, you know, I'm an open book. Let me you know, show you what you need to know to to dispute these allegations or whatever you're looking for. Here it is. And to know that that was turned away and then immediately just, you know, January 13th totally turned everything around. The more we learned about the background in this, it just didn't really make sense why a baby company like we were would have been targeted. I mean, what did they have to gain what, what were they trying to accomplish? And the only thing we can come to the conclusion, especially being in the courtroom on Feb in February last year, was it had to be some type of discrimination. I mean, what else, what other reason would somebody who is promoting, our CEO and founder created this company and was promoting it and teaching us that we were to promote it as the most multiracial, multicultural and diverse company in the world. That means equal opportunity for anybody. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. None of that matters. You have an equal opportunity to come in and put forth the effort to create what you want through the power of retail sales and selling coffee and supplements, which we did. And that's how we were, to, we were able to walk away from a traditional job and be able to pursue this entrepreneur ship and with our family full time and have the opportunity to move across the country if we you know because that's what we wanted to do we wanted to travel and show our kids the country and that's what we were able to do this freedom and to have the government agency because of somebody's lies just strip that away from us and and we are now standing on the front lines because this cannot continue for our children you know we want to teach our children and have taught our children that everybody is equal everybody deserves the rights, the unalienable rights that our constitution provides as U.S. citizens, and that includes due process, and that was not given to us. So we are standing to make a change before any other families, any other innocent American business owners are harmed and, and pillaged like we have all been, um, this group of family members that we have together have been harmed um, by this agency that claims to protect us. You know, you, you guys keep mentioning about through lies. So I think all of you, except Melanie here, you know that individual here on this picture, right? And you know what went down when he got caught having an extramarital affair with my executive assistant, and then I fired her 
and then he happened to be an executive, so we de demoted him and put him on a strict disciplinary action agreement. And then uh, that didn't work out too good for him, it didn't look like, so he went about to try to smear us. So we sued him in a Nevada court, and we were able to get a an injunction from a state judge in Nevada, which would protect our company, which ultimately protects you. So when you've got going through the legal process, so I want everyone to understand how I'm feeling and how these folks here seem to be feeling is that me as a black CEO, one of the few in the entire world comes out and addresses that head on. And I told all the folks in our company, I said, look, you know how the racial situation is in this world. If you guys have any problem with me being a black CEO, you know, feel free to go work somewhere else. But these folks seem to really gravitate towards the message of equal opportunity for everybody, which I pounded. And so why is this so important to everybody listening that you hear this? Why am I taking the time to go the uncommon civil rights activists, really the heroes? Because if I as an owner or any owner, black, white, brown, purple, or yellow, if they are running a company and providing opportunity, providing jobs, providing contractors business that can go out and build and make income, providing business opportunities, increasing the revenue in the marketplace, and a governmental agency that's supposed to protect us comes in and does an investigation. And then someone like me or any CEO, any color, any race, any background, any gender, says, hey, you throw your hands up, go, what what I do wrong? What's going on? How can I help you? And then them say, oh, we're doing a little follow-up from a, a, a earlier issue. And then you have an attorney put on letterhead. So not only do we communicate verbally, but on letterhead and we say, my purpose in corresponding with you at this time is to convey my client's offer of cooperation. We didn't know what the heck they were investigating. We didn't know that this individual that I just showed you earlier, we didn't know that he went and filed all these false complaints that we have proven many, if not all of them, to be false. So he got 24 people to go file these false complaints. So how would you guys like to, everybody out there, you ladies and gentlemen, how would you like for your government to protect you, your jobs, your opportunities? If they do come to a business owner and the business owner goes, I want to cooperate with you. And then the business owner has done everything to protect the opportunity by going to court and finding the, the wrongdoers out and having a judge in Nevada say that person has an injunction against them. Stop doing what you're doing. How many of us think that our higher government agencies should listen to a lower government agency that has taken the time to do the due diligence, to go then do an order to say stop the illegal behavior, but the higher government believes the illegal behavior. A, a person that has been found to have done illegal behavior. So that's why you keep hearing these folks say, these lies. So anyway, 
I'd like to bring up our next uncommon civil rights activist who happens to be a doctor. Uh, Dr. Tevis Sherfield, what do you have to say about what you what's going on and be able to help educate people out there because the country needs to know? What do you have to say, Dr. Tevis Sherfield? You know, Mr. Nolan, I, I appreciate you bringing up that point about about higher government agencies not listening to the government agencies who show that someone's been participating in illegal behavior. Okay, they don't listen to that illegal behavior, but one of the things they do do is when you offer to cooperate, they say, in, in basically what they say is he's not credible. Okay, now if I put myself in a situation. Oh, 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 oh that's right. So the words were when I offered to cooperate, you, you brought up a great point, Mr. Dr. Sheriff. When we offered to cooperate with a licensed attorney of 30 years, they said we did not accept his offer as credible. So I thought everybody should know. They didn't accept this as credible, Mr. Sherfield, Dr. Sherfield. So, so it's interesting that they say uh, you're not credible, a law-abiding citizen, and then someone who's, who has an order against them for, for doing uh, things wrongly, he's the one who's credible. And his team of people who file these false complaints, they're the one who's credible. And the reason it's that way is because it fits the agenda of this government agency who likes to take people out. Now, what, and, and you guys, excuse me if I get real passionate, and if I get long-winded, just stop me, um, because I could go on for days about this. You know, what happens is this agency, they don't like companies, in my opinion, that promote equality, okay, that, pro that, that provide equal opportunity to anybody. And that's exactly what we were doing. We were actually promoting that. That was in our marketing materials that we provide uh, this this place. Look at the people in this this meeting right now. Okay, incredibly diverse backgrounds, different ages, different backgrounds. Okay, different experience. I grew up in a family uh, where we didn't have a lot. Okay, and and my parents' answer to that was, "Well, you better go to college." Okay, and they said, "And you better get grades because we can't afford to send you to college." So that's what I did. I got. I got good grades and I went to college. I graduated undergrad. By then they're telling me that's not enough. I got to go to graduate school. So I went to be a physical therapist. Now I went through physical therapy school and became a doctor of PT. And I realized that's not what I wanted to do either. But through this process of, of, of going through these challenging, uh, um, going through these uh, challenges, like getting through undergrad and getting through college stuff, I started to realize, you know what? I can do what I want to do. Um, and then I was introduced to direct sales and I saw direct sales. And I was like, wow, I can, I can build this up. And then when I build it up, it'll, it'll stay. So that's, that, that's what my mindset is. Once I build this up, I can put in the hard work now. And if I put in the hard work now, it'll, it'll stay. And I can take care of myself, my family and my future generations. I can take care of them. So I want everybody to pay attention and understand that I've been in situations where I've seen um, live streams like this before, I'm like, man, that's 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 tough for them, but I, I'm glad I'm not part of that, okay? Well, you have to understand that you are part of this, okay? If, if, if you have a business or if you know a business owner or if you're just a consumer, you need businesses to be protected, to create, comp to, to create competition in the marketplace, to keep prices down for you and things like that. Everybody needs businesses to be successful. And so you have to understand what the, what the what the modus operandi is of the FTC, and this is my opinion. And if you go back and look at what they've done, you can start to see this. Now, in the beginning, I was very very frustrated when I saw this happen. I was like, how could that happen to me? I built this up. Um, I had a successful business that was growing. I was supporting my family with just this business, and they shut us down immediately and cut off every bit of my income. 
and the income of the people here on this on this live stream. And and so I was like, so so um, what are they doing? How are they operating? How how are they getting away with this? I started digging into it, and here's basically what they do. Okay, they pick a company that they that they either don't like um, that they're promoting equality, okay, and equal opportunity. They don't like that, or they find somebody they just think's an easy target. Okay, and a lot of it they base around uh, discrimination and prejudices that are, that are uh, that still exist here in the United States, and they say, okay, that that makes an easy target. All right, they pick a business that thinks that, that they think they're an easy target. Then what they do is they go ex parte, which means the 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 party that's being accused doesn't know anything about it. Okay, they go to a court ex parte and they say, judge, these people are doing things wrong. You need to you need to give us a restraining order and an asset freeze, okay? Because they're going to hurt some people. That's basically what they come in and do with no evidence, with no legitimate evidence, okay? The court grants the TRO and the asset freeze. Now, what does that leave for you? And remember, if you're a business owner, this can happen to you. You don't have to have done anything wrong, okay? You're sitting here, you're a business owner, and then you get served, and they say, all right, you're sued because you did all these things wrong that we made up. We've cut off every bit of your income because we shut down your business and we've frozen all of your assets so you have no access to funds. Now turn around, let me tie your hands behind your back, now go defend yourself. And what typically happens in these situations is the FTC wins by default because the defendant, the business that was doing nothing wrong has nothing available to defend themselves with. Okay, and that's what happens and you have to understand that. Now, now, I love that, uh, I hate that it that has to be brought up, but I love the fact that uh, Ms. Jody and Mr. Robert Mailer brought up the article, does the FTC have blood on its hands, okay? And you have to understand, thankfully, I'm very fortunate to have never had, um, uh, uh, had, had ever considered anything like suicide for myself. I'm almost 30 years old. What if I was 40? and I'd been working for that amount of time and they shut down my business, everything I'd worked for. What if I was 50? What if I was 60? Might I have, have considered things like that, working my entire life to create this business, to create freedom for myself and for my family, and they come in without asking me anything, shut me down and give me no way to defend myself. Maybe I would have. Okay, and that article explains, it explains how the FTC operates and how so many people, so many business owners have actually committed suicide now i'm going to say one more thing if i can and then we'll we'll turn it back over i told you i could roll on this oh you're fine. There's a you're, fine. you're fine you're fine you're fine you're fine doc okay okay so there's a and and i see in the comments i don't know if you guys can see that or not my brother actually just posted this link stop senate bill 4626.com there's a bill right now it's called it's, it's 4626 and it's the ftc let me go back just a step so you guys understand we talked about the Supreme Court ruling 9-0 against the FTC on April 22nd of this year. What they said is FTC, what I just described right there, FTC, that's illegal. You can't do that. You've been doing it for decades, and, and, the, and the law says that you can't do that. You've been getting away with it. You're not going to get away with it anymore. So the FTC, they said, wait a minute. We're not going to abide by the law. We're just going to have the law changed to where what we're doing illegally becomes legal. And so they propose this bill, and what it allows them to do is get, get equ equitable relief. What they've been doing, they've tried to expand this power to where they can go and freeze companies' assets and, and, and give them no way to defend themselves. So they've pushed this over to Congress, and they're saying, give us this power, this power that we've been exercising that we didn't legally have. 
give us the power so we can continue doing what we've been doing. And they're working for that right now. So it's very, very, very critical for all citizens who, who care anything about it, whether you're a consumer or a business, you have to, you have to, you have to oppose that bill because what it's going to allow the FTC to do is, is keep killing these companies. And in my opinion, keep having these, these business owners, uh, some of them result in, in a situation where they commit suicide, okay? And it's going to chill the economy, in my opinion, because what we end up with is a bunch of business owners who say, I have a dream, but you know what? I don't want to spend 10 years building that just so somebody can take it from me. And so the economy goes down, and, and, and there's so many, so many negatives to this bill, guys. They've hidden some good stuff in there to try to make it look like it's not all that bad. But I'm telling you, if this bill passes, it's going to be the end of the direct selling industry, right? And it's going to be a, a huge, huge downside to any kind of business um, in America. So I think everybody should go to, to StopSenateBill4626.com. You can see a basic overview of what the FTC is trying to do here, and it gives you some action steps to be able to take to help us oppose that bill. Back to you, Mr. Nolan. You know, it's not just us saying this. There were seven, not only did these folks go get an attorney to file an amicus brief. So a brief, filed a, a, a motion with the court to say what the FTC is doing is illegal. Well, there's seven others, seven. I mean, I've got paperwork for days and inside this these amicus briefs includes the United States of America Chamber of Commerce who said that this behavior and this activity is illegal, what the FTC is doing. The Retailers Federation Association, they said it's illegal. The Direct Selling Association said it's illegal. The National Civil Liberties Alliance said it's illegal. The Americans for Prosperity, it's illegal. Multiple companies and organizations jumped in here and said, if this is allowed, it's going to completely chill like Dr. Sherfield said, it's going to chill the whole business economy. <clears throat> now, what's unique about the next young lady, thank you, Dr. Sherfield, is Melanie Summers, she was new into the company. She's a retired school teacher. I'll let her tell your story. But Melanie, you decided to become an uncommon civil rights activist. Did you ever think you'd be there? A little bit about your background and why you decided to put yourself on the line for this cause. Over to you, Melanie Summers. Well, good afternoon or evening, wherever you might be. Uh, thank you for letting me share a little bit about myself and why I am uh, a civil activist in, in this cause. Um, I taught school for 42 years and I taught uh, things in social studies about our constitution and about how laws are made and how our government works. And it seems to me that everything I taught was a lie when this happened. I'd only been in this company for about three, three and a half months of when the FTC raised its ugly head in January of 2020. And in that time period, um, I I got into SBH because I was looking for something else to do. I'd been retired for three years and I was bored. That's number one. But number two, I saw the business opportunity. 
And I'm one of these people who I'm just not going to go touting something unless I try it. You know, I tried the products and the products are outstanding. They're just, I, I can't, I can't believe that they would think that, that we have no product. And I'm a habitual, I'm one of those habitual coffee drinkers. I'm, my day isn't, isn't started until my third cup. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, when, when this all happened in January of 2020, after I was just getting ready to go to my first uh, opportunity for a training, I'd never even been to one of your trainings before. So, no, you know, for them to some of the things they said, you know, I had never heard anyone to say anything bad about you. Everyone that I had talked to was always talking about this amazing person, Jane Oland, who was the CEO of this company. And when I first started selling the coffee and the, and the supplements, my, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't even understand the commission plan. I, I didn't understand anything. All I know is that in January, when they shut this down, there was more in my wallet in commissions than there was in my last paycheck as a teacher. And for them to tell me that, that I wasn't, I was being fooled. I, I mean, how can you say I'm being fooled? I had more money coming to me than my last paycheck as a teacher. It just, you know, and then, you know, I started hearing all of their accusations. I'm like, well, that's not true. Well, that's not true. And I sat in that courtroom with everyone on this that's that you see here. Every one of these people were in my house and I didn't know one of these people. I didn't know one of these people before that hearing. And I said, anybody who wants to go to that hearing, I don't care where you are from, you come, you come to my house, I'll feed you and find a place for you to sleep on the floor if I have to. And they'll all tell you they came. There was more than these people. I think there was ended up being what, 13, 14, 15 people here. And you know, we were walking around each other, but we went to that hearing and we could not believe the things that the FTC was accusing and some of their witnesses and the things that they said, I was just appalled. As a teacher of 42 years, I was appalled that the government that I grew up thinking was the greatest government on the earth was doing what they were doing. You know, my dad was in World War II and he got shot by a by a German sniper and he had three German bullets in his liver until the day he dies and matter of fact that's what killed him and he fought for my freedoms and he fought for this country and I know that if he knew what was going on today with what and everything that's happened he'd be rolling in his grave and I just you know I'm a, I'm an activist because it, of the unfairness and the and the, the total disregard for me as a senior citizen and Jody as a senior citizen and Mr. Nolan as a man of color and the rights as parents with in that with children that they're raising and Dr. Sherfield with a young wife you know it just is appalling that our whole business was just closed with the snap of a finger without anyone even knowing it. And people, people have to realize that, that this cannot be happening. And then I find out, I found out 
just it, it, it just a dawned it was an epiphany when when the attorney says uh, the other night that that this was that it came up in the Supreme Court that they started doing this back in the in the 70s this 13b and they wrote a paper to the other agencies saying hey you can do this too and this is how you do it so is are all the agencies of our government government doing this in some sort of way I I don't I don't know about you, but I know about me, and I am going to stand up and fight until this right, until this is made right. And thank you for letting me share. Well, you know, Melanie, these words are just as about as authentic as any words you can hear. I got a paper that was printed off the FTC's website, and. This paper says that they are going to do this to companies on behalf of consumers. So the people that you're listening to, these are some of the consumers that the Federal Trade Commission said that they're going to protect from businesses that are not doing things lawfully and that they're going to get restitution and disgorgement to pay back these damaged people. Now, all these people here are saying, we're not damaged. There's almost 900 of them that is, are going to, are filing to sue the FTC saying, we're not damaged. They file a motion to intervene after they were denied when they volunteered to be joined. And the judge denied them the opportunity to join for their voices to be heard. And nobody's really got to hear their voice. It's all happening behind the scenes in the court systems. That's why I decided to do this video today so you can hear from them. And this paper shows here, this little smaller writing here shows that during this particular period, the FTC took from companies $5.29 billion of what they call was illegally gained money. Then they put in this big print. I want everyone to notice this big print. Notice that this is small, how much they took. Then they say we gave back 269 million of the 5.29 billion in small print that they took. And they say they gave it back to over 3 million people. Now, when you divide that, I think, Melanie, you told me the other day that when you divide how much they gave back to people, what did you say, Melanie, it was? Somewhere in the neighborhood of $80 a piece. So about $80 a piece of all these. So they're going to keep $5 billion in this case and only give back about 80 bucks a piece, which is only 269 million. But they talk about false advertisement, deceptive trade practices. To me, this paper is over the top deceptive. That's just my opinion. That they got on me about me disclaiming everything we do, no guarantees of income. And they say, you didn't put it in big enough print. Look at that. Now, just to kind of popcorn this, in the courtroom, I was sitting there, and our attorney at the time, 
found a particular article that the expert witness, Stacey Bosley, so the, the FTC went and hired an expert witness. Her name is Stacey Bosley from the uh, Hamlin University in Minnesota. And I hadn't heard of her before from anywhere. She goes and does a report that is about as bogus as you could, you could ever imagine, trying to describe our commission plan and how it's not, quote, legal. It's, it's one of the most jokes of an economist report you will ever see. I'm telling you. We've had people scrutinize it, and they're going, it's a joke. They hire her as the witness. She gets on the stand. Our attorney finds out about some article where she's doing some lecture or doing an interview in regards to comparing multi-level marketing with the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. Now I'm sitting in my seat and an attorney breaks it up and I go, what did I just hear? And they asked, why did you write that article? Well, in essence, she spoke in essence of there are many who find this type of study or whatever in regards to the KKK and how it relates to the Ku Klux Klan, intriguing. Now, paraphrasing, the words are in the court document. Now, early on in this case, when it happened, because we do things so conservatively, because we are so product-driven as a company, many people, most Caucasians, came to me and said, Jay, we think you are being racially targeted. I've never even really brought that up in my life, even though I've dealt with it all decades of my life. I'm almost 53 years old. I've been called the N-word every decade of my life. That's not stopped me from progressing and moving on to obtain success in this life. I have multiple Caucasians, mostly Caucasians, a few people of color say to me that they think this is racial targeting. And at first I was like, uh, Huh? But then as things started to play out and I started to read the things that they smeared on the internet about us, I started reading their what they put in their in their papers. I started reading how they were talking about at our events, we play loud music and people are dancing. I started reading these things, and then I'm sitting in the courtroom and I hear these words in regards to KKK and MLM, and I'm a black CEO sitting there. And then I hear about many people are intrigued. So people, some affiliates, some non, started filing declarations with our attorneys. Now here goes a stack. Here's a stack of declarations, a stack, a stack. Started filing declarations with our attorneys saying that they believe this is racial bias against me. Many of them sitting in that courtroom. So I, I didn't solicit these people to do this at all. They sent it in. So I'd like to kind of go back up in popcorn and we can start with Jody to maybe speak on this issue because it's, we have all this racial division going on in our country. And then you hear people, you hear people of color talking about this thing called white privilege. And then people that are white, most people that are white are not walking in what they consider white privilege. But there's a small group of people that do, and they happen to have a lot of power. And then 
people of color go, hey man, we think that that's a that's a racial issue, and then people, oh no 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 no. So maybe Jody, what's what's your take on this? You know, there's a lot of people sent these declarations in saying, and it seemed to get ignored in our case so far. This has seemed to get ignored. Absolutely, and Mr. Nolan. I I was sitting right behind you and your wonderful Latina wife. Robert Mailer was to my left and Dr. Marinakis was to my right. And I honestly felt both of these men just collectively and myself just gasp. And you, Mr. Noland, did not flinch. And I remember Robert leaned over to me and goes, did he just say the KKK? And we we were just in shock. Because number one, that is something we don't talk about. And the way I have taken this, of talking this, and we've had many conversations with people in our company, outside our company said, are you one of the many people that find the KKK intriguing? I'm not one of the many. I have yet to hear somebody said, yeah, I find them intriguing. Not one, number one. Number two is that, the groundswell, I remember it was in June that we affiliates decided to say, we've got to take this into our hands and write these discrimination statements and send them to our new pen pal, which was the judge in this case. This was many times he has heard from us, but this collectively was almost a hundred people. And with it within a few days that wrote, and it was things like, if this is what my America is, do I have a, do I have freedom? And um, and it just went on and on and on. Everybody was offended by this. But I believe, just as Robert said, this is just Jody Bear talking here. I believe, just like that, well, we're just going to turn our ear, turn our side, that the judge in the case looked for a way out, a way around this, so he couldn't address the elephant in the room, which is under the rug, and there it is. Here we have a minority, a visibly black man, multiracial. And if the judge had any courage at all, in my opinion, again, he should have struck that statement from the record right then and there. And and it's like we all went and petitioned Hamlin University until the president this last early fall wasn't even taking any incoming calls because they didn't want to address it. Just like I have got to admit, when you said what in that Maui training in Hawaii, in yours and Mrs. Nolan's hotel room, when we were there on a special award trip, what is going to stop this company? And I'm thinking, I just went back to being a nutritionist and health coach say, oh, it must be the quality of the products. And then I whispered to my husband, see, that's what we've conditioned to do. Could he be talking about the color of his skin? I said, oh, I can't say that. See, that's that piece that I am thankful. And this is privilege. This is American privilege to say, I am so grateful that I now can say no more. This is what it was and why it was. If you haven't watched listening audience and viewing audience, the movie, Just Mercy. In my opinion, Mr. Jay Noland is Johnny D. He was just out there doing his job. And this man, true, true movie, true, true story, was put in death row before he was even at trial. Our officers were put in death row. And why I think they collectively took Mr. Sock and Mr. Harris along, 
because they knew uh, that Jay Noland, the man, the ex-professional baseball player, knew that it was the color of money and he didn't see color. And if they didn't take Mr. Harris and Mr. Saka with Mr. Nolan, that they would have his back. That's number one. Number two, that just like Mr. Saka and Mr. Harris having Mr. Nolan's back, there was a lawyer back to just mercy. I want to keep on track because I want y'all to hear Brian Christensen went ahead and said no more. And he said about Johnny D that he is innocent and he got him off of death row to live out the rest of his life in peace. Now, we're not just doing this for Mr. Jay Noland and Mr. Harris and Mr. Saka and SBH. This has been said many, many times. But each one of these fine colleagues of mine, fellow affiliates, and many on this line are all the Brian Christiansons of saying no more, no more, that we're not saying that any. Anyone is going to be privileged that no more can uh, be targeted, a woman be targeted just because of the color of their skin. And I'm here on record and to say that all men and women are created equal. Thank you for giving me the mic, Mr. Nolan. Anybody else like to share on that subject? Yeah, I'd like to say something. Sure. Um, let, me, let me jump in because I'll go right ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, doctor. We'll turn it back to you afterwards. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I was when Jody, when she was saying that um, this isn't just for Mr. Nolan, it couldn't be more true. Okay, you have to understand that um, I believe Mr. Nolan was targeted, but not only because of the color of his skin. It was because also that he provided equal opportunity and, and our company was promoted. I mean, we, we literally made sure people knew when they came in. And if they didn't, if they didn't agree with that, well, they could find another place outside of where we operated. Okay, um, that that we're the most multicultural, multiracial, diverse company in the world, and that's the way it's got to be. And if you have a problem with it, you can find another company to be with. And that's what that's what Mr. Nolan promoted, and that was at the heart and soul of our company. Now, I would estimate this is just my estimation that Mr. Nolan's probably trained uh, hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions. And, and extended his influence through those other people on, on tens of millions of people. Now, if anyone watching this has ever been trained or ever been around Mr. Nolan, you would understand and you would agree with me of how empowering he is and how much, how much, um, how much courage and strength he can, he can give to, to someone uh, that he just interacts with, okay? Now, an outsider looking in, an outsider who doesn't want equality, an outsider who doesn't want minorities uh, to be able to have success, and they saw him empowering, and how much, and and how much uh, strength he could give someone, and give someone an opportunity, give these minorities opportunities to where everybody's on an even, even playing field. Okay, an outsider who doesn't want inequality looking in at that. To me, if I was in that person's position, that would be my target. Okay, and so I believe that's exactly what they did. They saw how um, Mr. Nolan does uh, uh, a visibly black man, right? But he, but he uh, empowers all minorities and the majority, right? He, he empowers everyone, and he wants everybody to have equality. And so, uh, to me, that's one of the major things that stood out from the very beginning of one of the reasons why they may have targeted uh, our company in the first place. Mr. Mather? Thank you, Dr. Sherfield. 
I, I sat there in that courtroom right next to Jody, as she already said, right behind Mr. Nolan. And I, 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 I don't even know how to describe me hearing that. I grew up small, rural, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Amish country. I, I, I read books and, and saw movies, KKK. And to me, it was just like, it was somewhere else, but I know it's real, but it was never that. And I, I couldn't believe I was sitting in a courtroom with 37 of my, my business partners right behind my CEO that I've known for over a quarter century. And I remember distinctly, Mr. Nolan turned right around, looked at me and looked at his hand. It was like, <laughs> did they just say that? I'm sitting here, and I was shocked, but let's go back again. Okay, we all know that's wrong. Okay, there's nobody can dispute that, that that's wrong, and that it's completely out of control, and saying that the KKK is intriguing and that people think that. No, not at all. So let's say, why is this going on? How does this occur? Again, I've known Mr. Nolan for over 25 years. We have always had business ethics and business morals. We left the company because they were started to sidestep what we thought was right. I got back involved with him five or six years ago. He started training a company that I was a part of. I could not believe what he had done over those 19 years when I had gone in another direction, traditionally outside of direct sales. He had built so much. And I'll tell you what, I can honestly tell you that his standards, his strictness, and his adherence to what was moral and ethical and right was even stronger than when I knew him before. Not saying anything was wrong before, I just didn't know him as well then. I mean, it was unbelievable what I saw five or six years ago. Then I was on the inside. I was with the executive team. And I never saw a thing. That's why I told my girlfriend, oh, a few weeks from now, we'll get this all straightened out. This is just a misunderstanding when the truth comes out. So why? Why did that happen? Why did it happen to a company that only did $7.5 million in two and a half years? Why, why do they care? Why did it happen to a company that has a lily white, and sorry, I don't mean to bring color into it, but you know what I mean, a totally clean track record? Why did that happen? Why was it allowed to happen from somebody who not only stepped out of a marriage, forsook his kids, broke the rules of our company, Okay. Why were they willing to listen to him? Then an injunction against him. So a court of law did not listen to another court of law that, hey, maybe this guy is a scoundrel when there's been no, nothing said about what we're doing wrong. I mean, you've got to ask yourself, all, all those things that took place, or in our case, didn't take place, and no due process was allowed. I mean, let's go back, because I watched the movies. I didn't see in movies that involved the KKK much due process. I didn't see that occurring. I saw people grabbed out of their homes. I saw people grabbed from Bible worshiping, from their own families, their own close-knit society, grabbed and then dragged down the road behind a vehicle. And I'm sorry if this is graphic, but you got to, folks, you got to understand how graphic this has been, not only for us, but... I realize as a businessman how graphic it could be for every one of you listening right now and every individual who breathes the air on this earth, okay? The FCC doesn't want to stop now. People were hung. People were burned alive. 
Okay, all that, I saw it in movies, and I know it to be true, but that's all I knew. But I'm now watching this. When I can show you that, and, and if you take a look at any of our filings where we're actually able to speak to the truths against what the FTC has said, we've done no wrong. So why is this happening then? And how could it have gone this far? There's only one thing I can think of. is because it was not an equal or level playing field, and the only thing that's different is race. And to Dr. Sherfield's point, it's not just race. It's wanting to allow equity and freedom for all so that anybody from any level in life can rise up to wherever they want based upon their efforts and, and their belief in themselves. And I think there are a lot of people who aren't real supportive of that in our society. And I think we know who those are. And unfortunately, some of those people are making some of the rules and judging some of the rules. To me, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very discouraging thought about society. But being winners is, I think, all we are because we're spending time listening to this right now. We're not going to let that stop us. And that's why I'm saying, to me, winning this case, it's a foregone conclusion in my personal opinion. We will win. Will we have lost a year and a half? Yeah. Will we have lost millions of dollars? Yeah. But we can't stop there. We need to stop this so it can never happen to anybody ever, ever again. Because this has been a complete miscarriage of justice, and I do believe that it was racially, racially inflicted. Wow. I mean, you guys are here to direct, non-solicited. I just wanted them to be able to tell you from their hearts. Anybody else want to speak on that issue? I would like to say something. Okay, Melanie. You know, when I sat in that courtroom and I heard her, her compare, uh, her comparison of MLM and, and the KKK and that people were intrigued. Um, I was one of those people that gasped and my stomach just, just clenched all at once. And uh, I couldn't believe, I, I was outraged because I am a, I'm a retired teacher of 42 years and, and Stacy Bosley is supposed to be a, a, um, a a professor at Hamlin University. So she's a teacher too. And, and I was outraged that another teacher would even, even bring up the KKK, let alone say people were intrigued. I wasn't intrigued. I have a personal experience with the KKK. I want to tell you something. They don't intrigue me. Their main mission is to inflict fear and threats into people's lives. And if you aren't white and you aren't Christian, you are targeted by the KKK. And um, it is just ridiculous that it was allowed. It was ridiculous that the, that the, the, the judge uh, let Lady Liberty, who's supposed to be blindfolded with her scales even, it's a, it, it's a travesty to me that he allowed Lady Liberty to peek under the blindfold. And that's how I'm looking at that. And it is an outrage and it can, it is happening to us. And Hopefully, it's going to stop, and everyone that is listening to this, you need, though, to go to that website to, to, the, to stop uh, Senate Bill, what was the number? I can't remember. Com. Stop Senate yeah. Bill 426.com. And by the way, the Senate, the, the uh, committee that they took that to is the committee of 
commerce, science, and transportation. So anyone on that committee, you can go to uh, uh, senate.gov and you can find and just look up the committee. It will tell you everyone on that committee. Those are the first people that you need to write. Those are the first people you need to say, hey, listen, you know, because they seem to empathize with the FTC because they don't understand what the FTC is trying to slip under their nose. And that's my opinion. But if they are allowed to get away with this industry, uh, our industry and free trade and business is dead in America. And that's, that's what I have to say about that. Thank you for letting me share. Okay, Melanie. Well, I guess that leaves one, one of our guests, a couple there. Is there anything you'd like to speak to in regards to this, this race issue that seemed to get injected to us, not of our own will, buddy and Rhonda, anything you want to comment in closing? I think I think we're getting where some I think some folks are saying they can't see Buddy or Ron. Is that true? That's true. I can't hear I'm them. That too. Mr. Nolan, I, I could summarize what they said really quick. Okay, so, so Buddy and Ron, they can't hear or see what you're saying. So you can do a quick summary. Go ahead, uh Tim. Yeah, I think they made an incredible point there that, that nobody's mentioned yet is that when Stacey Bosley was comparing uh, we're talking about uh, how people find it intriguing and talking about how MLM compares to the KKK. Um I was disgusted, right? Um, here I am, I'm a doctor, and I left that to to do direct sales to support my family, and I was supporting my family. I look at Buddy and Rhonda, I don't know if you guys can see uh, them at the moment, but you saw them on here, and they, they were using direct sales to support themselves and their three children, okay? And for someone to come in to a courtroom and say that direct sales is like the KKK, um, it, it's insulting to the entire industry, and it, and it really... I think shows uh, the incredible amount of bias and hate uh, that she, the way she looks at, at what we do for a living and to support our family. So uh, I just wanted to make sure the viewers were able to hear that point because I thought it was a great point. Well, that was a great point. We had the, the buddy and Ron are having a little technical difficulties. For some reason they can, they can hear us on the backstage, but you can't see them out there. So we'll, hopefully we'll have them back another time. Uh, but just uh, just any closing parting words, guys, if you could take about 60 seconds. Uh, Jody? Um, I just wanted to mention Thomas Paine, who was an activist in the American Revolution. And we all know about the uncommon man. And, of course, we now call it the uncommon person. But this is a part of his quote um, that never gets read when you talk about what he was really talking about. is that I will not trade freedom. For, for beneficence, nor my dignity for a handout. I will never cower before my master or bend to any threat. It is my heritage to stand erect, proud and unafraid. I think and I act for myself to enjoy the benefit of my creation and to face the world boldly and say, it is with our creator's help, all I have done. All this is what it means to be an entrepreneur. Here we have a visibly black man from a hog farm in Kentucky, rises to the major leagues and creates something where he was drafted by the San Diego Padres. Make no mistake of that. He used his training because he was an uncommon man. Then he goes ahead and builds industry upon industry. Robert Mailer knew him for 25 years. That is an uncommon man that did this. And when I said the only thing that I've ever seen 
Mr. Nolan be guilty of is that he showed me as a 64 year old woman to stay out of retirement, to break sand, come join us with Senate Bill 4626 and make a difference. Thank you, Jody. We had a few little technical difficulties here at the end, but uh, I think everybody got the point, you know? It was uh, pretty crystal clear. You've got some uncommon civil rights activists, which I call uncommon heroes. You got a chance to hear it here. Uh, we will do all our best to continue to get more voices on here. There's more people that said they wanted to talk, so we'll be dialing them up over the next few days and letting more people talk. You can hear their stories because I think that the, the industry of business, a free enterprise, is at jeopardy until this becomes reined in. I had someone say to me the other day, stop talking about defund the police and start talking about defund the FTC. And I was like, wow. Wow, you know, that's something that maybe we need to consider when it comes to these initiatives. So I'm for what's right. Whatever needs to be defunded to make it right, let's defund it across the board. I don't care what's out of whack, defund it, get it back in whack. You want to drive somebody's attention? It's in their wallet. It's in their bank account. Look what they did to us. They shut off everything unconstitutionally. Anybody that can do that should be defunded. Anybody that can take these people's hopes and dreams should be defunded. And they've done nothing wrong other than go provide opportunity and provide service and products in the marketplace. So, hey, thank you guys for joining in. It's been a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal educational opportunity. The uncommon civil rights activists, I don't think they're finished. You know, from what I'm hearing, they're just beginning as far as making things right for the people out there. Everybody go to StopSendingBill4626.com. StopSendingBill4626.com. And we'll see you guys very, very soon. Thank you so much. We love you all. Bye-bye.